0: LAist Studios Today on the LA Report LAist Civics Tuesday offers a closer look at the Los Angeles City Council race that may serve as a referendum on the progressive movement The California Attorney General seeks to hold hospitals accountable if they don't take a key step toward reducing black maternal mortality and an inland animal shelter backs off old advice to bring in any cat you happen to see alone outside. Well, people did that. And unfortunately, what happened is we were kidnapping people's cats. Good morning. It's Tuesday, February 13th. I'm Suzanne Watley, and you're listening to the LA Report from LAist 89.3. The March 5th primary election is just three weeks from today. The 4th District City Council race is on the Los Angeles ballot. That's where Councilmember Nithya Raman is running for a second term. The race is seen as one that will help determine whether the progressive movement will continue its momentum. Raman chairs the Council's Housing and Homeless Services Committee, and some have criticized her for opposing an ordinance passed by the Council last year, known as 4118. It prohibits homeless encampments within 500 feet of schools and daycare centers. Rahman says it has not done enough to address the problem of homelessness. It has pushed homeless people around the neighborhood without actually getting people off the street. The ordinance is supported by Rahman's opponents, L.A. Deputy City Attorney Ethan Weaver and software engineer Levon Baronian. To learn more about the candidates in the L.A. City Council races, visit our website, lastcom slash vote. The Los Angeles Unified School Board votes today on whether to limit which schools have to share space with charter schools. K-12 education reporter Mariana Dale says the policy is intended to protect vulnerable students. California law has required schools to rent space to charters for more than 20 years. In LAUSD, some public schools share a campus with charter schools. It's created tensions on both sides. Traditional schools say they lose space and resources. Charter schools say they sometimes have to work across multiple locations. The new policy clarifies guidelines for where co-locations can exist. It restricts charters from specific campuses, including those that serve high-need students. Charter school advocates have threatened legal action if the new policy passes. I'm Mariana Dale. The LAUSD board is scheduled to consider the new policy at 3 o'clock this afternoon. The state's Health Care Affordability Board wants to put a cap on how much medical expenses can increase in California. This push comes as a recent poll by the California Health Care Foundation finds that 40 percent of Californians have medical debt and half of those people skip or delay care due to cost. Health policy reporter Ana Ibarra has more. The Office of Healthcare Affordability is proposing to cap how much health costs can increase each year to 3% so that health costs don't grow faster than household incomes. Now, This won't necessarily result in instant savings for consumers. Costs will still go up, but the idea is that they will increase more slowly. The Healthcare Affordability Board has until June 1st to approve the target, and it would go into effect in 2025. Anna reports for CalMatters. The California Attorney General wants hospitals to be held accountable if they don't train maternal care providers on spotting and eliminating racism and implicit bias. LAist early childhood reporter Eliu has more. In California, black birthing people are three to four times more likely to die during birth or shortly after. Lawmakers tried to reduce that rate with a law that, starting in 2020, required implicit bias training for perinatal providers. But when the California Department of Justice went to investigate a year and a half later, it found only 17 percent of hospitals were in compliance. Now lawmakers want to establish financial penalties on hospitals if they don't comply. They also want to make the data available to the public on which hospitals have completed the trainings. For LA, 89.3. 89.3. I'm Ellie Coming up, history shows that black people arrived in California a lot earlier than you may have assumed. Back now to the L.A. report. The Riverside County Department of Animal Services took in the highest number of cats out of anywhere in the country last year, but only a little more than half of them left the shelter system alive. L.A.ist reporter McKenna Severson says the county is now trying to flip the script. The county's 5,000 cats challenge is trying to get animals into homes and away from euthanasia by changing the way we think about felines. Jacqueline Shart is the deputy director for the department. She says people were told for years that if you see a cat outside alone, you should bring it to a shelter. So people did that. And unfortunately, what happened is we were kidnapping people's cats. Most people are just trying to help. But she says that distracts from the sick and injured animals who need care most. When in doubt, take a look at the left ear. And if it's clipped, that means the cat is spayed or neutered and can be left on its own. For LAist 89.3, I'm McKenna Siebertson. It's Black History Month and an opportunity to re-examine California's black history, which is often overlooked or misrepresented. Textbooks have told us most black people came to California during and after World War II, but they were here as early as the 1700s. More arrived during the Civil War era and gold rush when California claimed it was a free state, but slaveholders still brought enslaved people here. Marnie Campbell is a professor of African American Studies at Loyola Marymount University who says black communities fought for equality long before the Civil War ended. Black people throughout the state would, through black newspapers and letter writing, would sort of pull together for campaigns to help black people in need, whether they were brought in as slaves, so if they ran away, for example, and got caught. She cites prominent publisher-editor Charlotta Bass, who ran the California Eagle. The progressive black newspaper is now known as the L.A. Sentinel. It'll be sunny today, with highs mostly in the 60s. Thank you for listening to the LA Report. You can read more news at LAist.com or listen live anytime on the LAist app or on the radio at 89.3 FM. The AM edition is hosted and produced by me, Suzanne Watley, with assistance from producer Tyler Wayne. Our engineer is Federico Garcia Rodriguez. Catherine Mailhouse is the director of content development. LAist's executive editor is Megan Garvey, original music by Scott Kelly, Check back here at four for the PM edition. Listeners like you help make the LA Report possible. Please donate at lastcom join. And the LA Report is supported by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe quality journalism makes Southern California a better place to live.